this one came in the moment Rich started speaking, so it's <laughs> only fair that we deal with this one first. Uh, a, a bit of a theological one. Um, uh, is the demand for self-sovereignty a reflection of original sin? <laughs> uh, maybe a bit of a leading question, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, So, defining the term self-sovereignty, I guess, is getting at the idea that uh, people who wanted to leave the EU perhaps were saying we want to run our own laws totally and etc. And original sin would be a Christian belief that human beings, every human being, uh, even Brexit or leavers, um, all of us have sin in us and that means that we're selfish and we want to do things our own way. So the question is, is the Brexit belief in self-sovereignty the uh, same as saying we're all sinful and selfish? I would say uh, that that's maybe up to you to think through. I would, cer <laughs> I, I would certainly say this, that selfishness is sin. But I wonder if there could be a motive to voting, vote towards leaving the EU that wasn't selfish. And I wonder if there could be a barrel full of remain motives that are selfish. And so selfishness is sinful. And as a Christian, there should not have been a self-seeking, selfish, self-centered, self-serving bone in your body as you voted in this issue. And that's a challenge to both sides. Next question. <laughs> uh, there have been a, a number of questions uh, related to um, being a good neighbor to people that perhaps we disagree with. Um, I'll give you um, a, a couple of them. Um, first of all, I want to be a good neighbor to those marginalized and victimized by the political regime. So... How can I be a neighbor to those who run the regime? Uh, seemingly suggesting that they uh, don't share that motivation. Uh, and um, how can I be neighborly with a fellow Christian whose stance in politics comes from a place of bigotry and prejudice? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no names in brackets or anything like that. So... Uh, Basically, how do we be a good neighbour to people that we disapprove of or are deeply disagreeing with? Being a neighbour does not mean agreement. Being a neighbour does not mean affirmation of what the other stands for. Um, but there are a few things in the world that divides us that equalize us and put us on the same level and Christianity says we're all sinners and therefore it's right at times to call out sin particularly to speak truth to power that's a Christian idea but to do that from a place of we are all sinful and all broken and therefore when I strongly disagree with someone I don't do it as someone who lords over another and uh, is arrogant, uh, I do it humbly. I think that uh, in terms of Christianity and how do I agree with, uh, uh, be neighborly to a Christian who is a prejudiced bigot, 
um, I would want to ask you, firstly, have you had several meals or glasses of wine or pints with that prejudiced bigot to check whether you haven't prejudged that person as a bigot and uh, maybe labels like that aren't the solution. You know, if people feel overlooked or marginalized or patronized, maybe overlooking, marginalizing and patronizing isn't the solution. And actually, I want to say you can strongly disagree in this church. I've had robust conversations by the barrel about this issue, and that's good. But we've not demonized each other. And where I've done that, that's wrong. And where someone's done that to me, that's wrong. And so this whole idea of the idea and the identity, I can disagree on some ideas with people, but that I would then lump that in and who they are and hate them, that's completely inappropriate in Christianity. It's a challenge to us all, I think. Next question. (laughs) Staying with um, politics a little bit, um, question that's just come in, how do we reconcile political systems, ideas, parties who seek to oppress the poor and the homeless and the persecuted with following Jesus who seemingly loves the poor? Um, there have been other questions about, well, the, the, the Bible seems to explicitly speak about how to behave. How do we engage in a political system that doesn't seem to run by the same rules? Do you want me to read that again? or it? Give me the first one. The first one again. How do we reconcile political systems and ideas and parties who seem to oppress the poor and the homeless and the persecuted with following Jesus who seemingly loves the poor? Jesus of Nazareth loved the poor. Jesus of Nazareth was for the poor and he uh, championed their cause when no one else would. Absolutely. And so a politics that doesn't do that, he would have a lot to say about. And I wouldn't be in a place to say that everyone in a certain political party, therefore, is doing that. You know, at their roots, lots of the political parties and ends of spectrums in our nation, at their roots, they're believing that their vision of how to do things is for the flourishing of society and for people. And you might want to say, hey, well, this party's lost their root, or this party doesn't do that. And you might well be right. Um, But I don't think that any member of one party is therefore a poor hater. I don't think that's true. If they are, then Jesus of Nazareth would have strong words to say about that. In terms of reconciling um, political systems that don't seem to be how the Bible does things, I don't think any political system is how the Bible does things. Um, Jesus Christ says, my kingdom is not of this world. And there are places around the world that seemingly model it an awful lot less on Jesus. And we should be grateful for the many ways that our politics has been built on a Christian foundation. Um, but I would want to say, I, I don't think the Bible says, uh, hey, have a, you know, a, a vote this many years and have this many MPs and all of that. Um, I don't think there is a biblical political system to import into a country. But absolutely, I would not want to sidestep that at all. The, the heart of Jesus of Nazareth is for the poor. Absolutely. A number of questions related to how to engage politically. Uh, again, I'll lump some together. Um, can 
considering our allegiance should be to a heavenly kingdom, why should we even bother to engage politically on this issue? Through to how do we continue to engage in politics, which is so divisive, without ourselves becoming deeply polarised, through to how do we get our politicians to be good neighbours? Mm -hmm. So a number of questions related to engagement right. from what's the point of even bothering mm. to how do we mm. stay engaged without allowing it to affect our view of mm. one another to how do we influence our politicians for good? Great. How do you teach your MP to be a neighbour? Uh, write to them and say, could I meet with you and be neighbourly? Don't write that. They'll think that's weird. Um, but can I, can I come to you? Not I'm going to get in touch when I want to say that what, everything you stand for is wrong. But could I build a relationship with you and encourage you? Could I, maybe could I pray for that, my MP more than I tweet about them? Uh, maybe. So there's some ideas. Uh, in terms of uh, how do we engage in politics when um, the, the whole thing seems like it's corrupt or whatever, actually, if you come to Church Central another week, we're doing this series in a, a book called the Book of Daniel. And you see this guy, Daniel, uh, who Daniel engages in what the Bible defines as pretty much the, the epitome of evil as a society later in the Bible, a place called Babylon. And Babylon in the scriptures later on is synonymous with evil. And Daniel actually rises and with integrity seeks to live with integrity and neighborliness within that system. And uh, I don't think that's the call on all of our lives, but absolutely, if that's something that you're passionate about and you want to express your faith that way, Daniel is a great example to you. How do you engage in politics without getting uh, the toxic atmosphere seeped into your soul? I think you copy Daniel, and Daniel, his hope, he had an anchor for his soul that was in God, and he flooded his soul with God, and he read his Bible, he prayed, and he was in a community of faith, little as it was, and that helped him to have his priorities and his character shaped more by heaven's values than the world's values. And so if you want to engage, I think your, your Christian contact, your Christian disciplines are key for you. Because don't, don't you feel this around you? That it, it seeps into us and we end up toxic as well. It comes, it just, I catch this, it feels, and maybe it, actually it comes out of me. But we can get swept up in it. And that's why if I want to be different, if I want to be a neighbor, I need to think hard about how I've been neighbored a lot. And that humbles me. There's some thoughts. Next question. I've got a number of questions around, well, where is God in all of this? Um, questions around the sovereignty of God or kind of God kind of being in control over all of this. Um, so, for example, where's the line between God guides and plans all that we do and God is outside of our actions and sins but enters in as we seek him? So how does that work uh, through to why in the first place would God allow us to be in such a place of division and second guessing you here? Um, if the answer is free will, how do we know that our vote is the right vote? So exploring the sovereignty of God. Yeah. Uh, if you've been around Christian circles for any length of time or thought about these questions, you'll know 
it's about as deep and as complex as we go into the sovereignty of God and how he, does he cause everything or does he allow some things or is he absent from these things? Uh, there'd be different opinions in the room about that. I don't think it's my place to kind of try and nail everybody onto one view. I would say that my hope very much is that more important in the fate of the world and more important in my fate and our fate is how God is acting, not how any particular politician is acting. I think God's activity in the world reigns higher than political activity in the world. And that, you might say, that raises loads of questions. Maybe it does. The main thing that brings me, massive hope that the person running the place is the sort of person who would bleed for enemies. And I go, I'm very glad that he is in charge. Uh, how that works, uh, there'd be loads of different opinions. And, uh, you know, for the sake of time slash my own energy at this point, ask me later. Uh, just to kind of deal with a number of other questions very quickly as we are now past midday. There was one last one I'll ask you. Uh, there's, there's one question in terms of how is Brexit affecting the rest of the world. I'm not going to ask you that one, but I would say uh, one of the joys of Church Central is we have people, uh, even in this room, from all around the world. At last count, we had I think 27 or 28 different nationalities uh, in the room uh, from most of the continents in the world. So uh, if you want the answer to that one, get chatting with people in the room from other parts of the world and ask them what they think of this, what they make of it, um, what their part of the world has to say. So you can go and do your own research on that one uh, in this very room. Uh, there have been a number of questions kind of trying to tease out of Rick what his actual political stance <laughs> is on this. Um, I will protect him from those questions, uh, but if you want an answer, come and ask him privately. Uh, similar questions in terms of, well, could you outline your perfect political manifesto. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I think that might be beyond the, 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 the scope of this session as well, uh, as we are now past midday. <laughs> uh, but I'll leave you with this one. Um, now that society is so unhappy with the results as Brexit is not what we were originally told it was going to be, what now? Well, the, the Lord Jesus obviously firmly believes in the Norway plus um, <laughs> approach. I think if you understand the Greek in the New Testament, that's what it means. And uh, so job done. Um, uh, <laughs> personally, I have no idea. Uh, spiritually, in terms of what's exactly going to happen, I have no idea. I think that this thing is now in the realms of no one has an idea. And that's why I'm so glad my soul has an anchor. <laughs>